0: Blog Talk Radio. Hello, greetings, and welcome to all of you. This is the Vibrarian Show, and I am Joelle, the Vibrarian. I'm here to elevate, enlighten, empower, and uplift you with information that I hope that you will find informative, positive, and helpful to you on your journey. Every Thursday night, I'm here on the Vibrary Radio Network on Blog Talk Radio, and we talk about all things from the mysterious to the mundane. I'm kind of on a knowledge quest. I like to say that it's a cross between Indiana Jones and the X-Files. So we're on an adventure to uncover the secret knowledge. Some of it's hidden in plain view. Some of it is just everyday stuff that I find interesting that I want to talk about. And I always... out to people to join me so we can talk about it together and learn and explore so my uh, show is on every thursday night you can call in at four excuse me 646 if you want to join the conversation you can press one at any time and i'll bring you on to contribute or if you have a question also i have a community on facebook i like to call the good vibe tribe Gathered together like minded people because your vibe attracts your tribe. And we come together on my page. You can find us at The Vibrarian. That's V as in vibes, I B E as in energy, R A R I A N. I'm always sharing things that I see, articles that I think are helpful, pictures, posts, memes, anything you name it. Also passing along community information so that you can stay in the know and find out what is going on around you. And then also I have uh, Instagram and Twitter, and I'd invite you to follow me there as well, the same handle, at The Vibrarian. Uh, Tag me in your post if you see something you think that I would like to see or that you think should be shared with the rest of the community, and I'll be glad to pass it along. Every Thursday night I'm here from nine till about ten o'clock talking about the current events and the subjects that are interesting me. And also I'd like you to come back on Tuesday evenings because the Psychic Inside show also airs on the Vibrary Radio Network and every Tuesday I get to interview people who have discovered their psychic gifts and abilities and I Talk with them about their journey, how they figured out that they were psychic, what it looks like for them, and what they're doing with that gift now. The goal is that you may not recognize that you have your own gifts and abilities, and in hearing the stories of others, you'll start to connect the dots and maybe say, hmm, I guess I am psychic after all. So this is a wonderful adventure, and I'm so glad that you're joining me. There's also a chat room that's available on the Blog Talk Radio website for the channel, which is blogtalkradio.com slash thevibrary. If you have a question and would like me to cover it on air, just drop it in the chat room and I'll be sure to get it online. So without any further ado, let me talk to you about tonight's subject I want to talk about divination, and my goal is to demystify some of what you might have heard um, or if you've never even heard the term divination, and then we're going to talk about some of the divination tools that are out there because I know that you've heard and seen them at least in popular cultures and references in movies. So let's start with what is divination? Divination is when you try to understand something better by using an ability or a tool or a method to figure out the answer. So, you know, you can use it in the term of like, well, you know, I'm trying to divinate the answer to that math question. But more often than not, people are using it when they're trying to divine something that is in the spiritual realm. Now, um, and that's the root of the word is from the divine. So in the sense of how we understand it uh, in the times of like the Greeks and the Oracle of Delphi, people went to travel to uh, gain wisdom and knowledge from oracles there where they would, I guess they were in a rather, uh, I believe it was like a a portal where there were certain myths that came through this opening in the temple. And it would bring the seers on a spiritual journey and open up their abilities to see the future or foretell people's fortunes. And people would travel for miles around all over the world. It was legendary that you travel to this temple of Delphi. Um, If you look in the Bible, you will hear the story of uh, Joseph, who the king asked him to interpret his dreams for him. And in doing so, uh, the people were saved from a famine. And so um, those are just two examples of a type of divination that is where a spiritual message comes through an individual. Now, we've also seen things like a crystal ball, and I think we've all seen on TV or the representations of a, a lady. Usually she's got gnarly hands and a turban and bejeweled fingers and she's like oh come in here my pretty let me look in my crystal ball <laughs> i joke but i mean that's an image we all are pretty familiar with um And of course, I think it grew popular in the States when we had the whole era of carnival sideshows where you could go and meet with this mysterious and somewhat scary exotic person who would look into their crystal ball and see if they could tell you your future. So as you can see, these are just a few of a drop in the bucket really of the tools that are out there that people use to try to access the spiritual realm to bring knowledge forward. So, uh, you know, I was not aware, you know, in terms of a crystal ball, I never understood exactly what it was about a crystal ball that made it a tool and it always seemed like the the movies where I saw it it would be a uh, a misty image that would appear inside of the crystal ball and then the seer would tell them what they see now I believe that everyone has the ability to use tools differently. So I'm only speaking from what I've experienced and what I've heard directly people who use these tools have shared with me in my journey. So I took a class a couple years ago along with a good friend of mine um, from a place called the Viva Institute. And it was a psychic development class. And the purpose of it was to determine ways uh, that you might be receiving your psychic gifts and then to understand what that is looking and feeling like for you. So they really worked with us to help us. Um, we did exercises in developing our intuition, our inner sight, our confidence, so that we did not doubt that we were actually already receiving these intuitive messages. And when they got to the chapter on, with the lessons on divination tools, they spoke about a crystal ball as using um, even a small object, such as a crystal, to make that a focal point for your your um, intention when you're trying to receive a message. And for some people, they may actually then see see in their mind's eye, their third eye, an image, a movie kind of uh, scene play out in front of them or an object such as a person's face or an animal, symbolic animal. And in that case, they're using the crystal ball as a pass through they're not actually seeing in the crystal ball but they're focusing uh, on that crystal ball and it's almost like if you imagine your bedroom in your in your brain that is actually using your third eye you're creating or seeing your room as it exists in your mind's eye and for some people when you focus on an external object it's almost like it frees up your third eye to receive an actual clairvoyant uh, image within that third eye space. Now, other people might actually see in the object the picture that they're describing rather than it being internal to their mind's eye. And I think it's just very much individualized in how your gift of clairvoyance might work. So this is an example of an object that is able to facilitate, again, that connection to the spiritual realm. So I have a little tiny crystal sphere, but I have not, I can honestly say I haven't had much success in using that as a divination tool. Um, I know that if you go to the crystal stores, like uh, Phoenix, Drag- Phoenix and Dragon, is a crystal store here in the Atlanta area, and they have um, what they call seeing stones, and they're a certain type of quartz crystal that um, you—it's kind of flat-sided and it's clear on one side so that you can look into it, and then it's frosted. On the other side So um, you hold it in your hand And look into it And then talk about What you want to see What you're trying you know, trying to see If you're trying to look Into a situation Or understand um, What your guys or angels Might be telling you um, And I think there are Other stones Especially those in the quartz family That are said to be Very good for amplifying the images that you might be receiving um you could I've seen people even put clear quartz on their third eye itself on their forehead as a way for those images to come to facilitate or amplify the image that's coming in through that area. And I I think that's very interesting because almost everybody has an LCD TV these days, liquid crystal display. And, I mean, we know a quartz timepieces are some of the most valued and accurate timepieces there are. So we know that quartz is a great amplifier and conduit for energy of all types. So it's not surprising to me then that it is also a conduit um, for psychic messages and images as well. Now, another tool that you might find that has quartz in it is pendulums. Now, we talked about pendulums on the episode, I believe, uh, last week or the week before. And uh, so a pendulum practice is when you use a weighted object at the end of a string or a chain or another way of it being suspended so that it can move freely back and forth to indicate um, an answer that the seeker is trying to receive. So in this case, you can uh, make a pendulum out of, I've seen people make it out of a key ring or even like a can attach to a string uh, because the whole purpose is that you can either program that pendulum or ask the pendulum to tell you what the uh, indicator like if it goes back and forth that would be a yes if it goes side to side that would be a no and so the way that this tool is working you would start to ask a series of questions in order to get down to the answer you're trying to seek now Whenever you're using any divinatory method, I believe that it is very necessary that you ground yourself, set your intention, and then set the guidelines of what it is that you are wanting to experience and the types of energy that you are wanting to connect with. I believe uh, whenever I start to do anything, I am asking to connect with the divine or God source, uh, the creator source, whatever uh, higher or highest vibrational power is in your belief system, and that only messages and beings of unconditional love be um, allowed to interface with me through those dynamics. And uh, to me, that is very much akin to praying, you know, I'm I'm setting a parameter that I'm talking to the higher. I'm not praying to lower energies to uh, accomplish the things that I'm asking for in my prayer space. So um, I really am not interested in receiving any divination messages from uh, lower vibration energies. So much so that you know I really don't watch a lot of TV because I'm not, again, interested in receiving a great deal of low vibration messages in any format, be it tangible or intangible. So um, that would be my caution to anyone who wants to start to explore uh, divinatory tools is to go ahead and understand why you're trying to use them and who and what you're wanting to connect with energetically. Um, so pendulum practice is something that I tried that I did not have a lot of success with, honestly. Um, I would ask yes or no questions, but I felt like I would not get definitive swinging back and forth. Um, and the thing that I learned, it's okay because not every tool is for everybody. So, um, my one well, like as my one of my b f f she had a great pendulum practice going her pendulum she bought it with it very well, and she would ask questions and then it would make you know pretty significant um motions that indicated the answers to the questions now one thing that is interesting and that you'll find when you are dealing with the spiritual realm, the way that we think about things. Um, and ask questions is sometimes not necessarily logical or able to be answered in the fashion we're seeking by the spiritual realm. It's almost like our questions might be a little vague or we might think it's a yes or no, question is cut and dried when really it's not so there are lots of resources out there on um, that on the internet that will tell you ways to structure your questions so that you can have more accurate readings and answers from your you know from your pendulum now one of uh, my friends i'm hoping she'll be on a little later this evening She has uh, a great, amazing connection with uh, her pendulums, and I have seen her pendulum go, like, not only does it move back and forth, but it would make, like, noises at one point. We were getting feedback through our video connection when we were video chatting at one point in time because there was so much energy coming through her and her connection with spirit was was so strong. She's a very high vibrational healer. And so it was like amazing. I had not ever seen a pendulum uh, move that significantly. Uh, some people tend to be very connected with earth energy and elements of crystals and the ground. And, and so those methods work very well for them. Uh, scrying, I guess it'd be what you call it when you're looking into a crystal ball. But uh, scrying, you can also look into water. And uh, you've seen things like in Harry Potter and different movies where they'll be over a still water and then they'll see a reflection of the moon. And the next thing you know, an image will come in through the water that then uh, shows the question or the answer to what it is they're seeking. So um, these are kind of considered old world. In my opinion, they're considered old world things, Um, and things such as even looking at uh, coffee grounds uh, or tea leaves. Those are things that we hear about, um, you know, in the 1800s, 1900s, early 1900s, and certainly over in the old world in Europe, reading the tea leaves um, where, you know, the questioner will drink the tea and then the reader will look at the remainders in the cup and either know from the placement of the grounds or leaves and the patterning of it what it means or they will actually see then a vision uh, in their mind's eye that emerges in the grounds or tea leaves um all of these things are quite fascinating to me i've had one coffee ground reading it was like a really bitter dark turkish coffee, but um the reader told me that it didn't uh function right because um the, the coffee wasn't brewed and wasn't steep long enough. We were rather pressed for time. It was at a um, a psychic fair type of event where you only really had 20 minutes in order to get your reading. And so it wasn't allowed to steep long enough so that the grounds were separating out from the liquid. Now, there may have actually been a meaning to that in and of itself, but she didn't get into it with me. She just told me that it wasn't uh, – You know, it wasn't a very good reading, um, and to try, you know, to come back to her again another time when she had more availability. But uh, these things you probably have heard about, you know, um, and you don't have to be involved in the psychic or esoteric community to have an awareness of them, because popular culture has dealt with these things um, uh, for many, many years. Now... Pendulum practice is very interesting because I have also seen people who use um, grids or pendulum boards where you then put into shapes and patterns letters and numbers so that you can receive more than yes or no questions. Now, for some people, this is going to trigger a feeling of possible reservation Quite honestly, that's one of the less um, harsh words that I can use for it. When you see a pendulum board, many people think of it in terms of the infamous Ouija board, which is also a board which contains letters and numbers where a person uh, uses a planchette to spell out letters um, that um, their hand or the object moves in order to spell out those letters. Now, I... I personally don't see a big difference between a pendulum board and a Ouija board because, again, they're just letter grids. But I would not necessarily – Mess with the Ouija board, quite honestly, because I'm a child of the, you know, I was born in the 70s, so I watched horror movies in the 80s, and that was when I think the name of the movie was Ouija or something like that, and it scared the the crap out of me because, you know, the kids were playing with the Ouija board and connected with an energy, and then, of course, all hell breaks loose and everybody winds up dead. So uh, ever since seeing that, I've been very, very much like, oh, no, I'm not messing with that uh, when it comes to Ouija boards. But I guess it's cousin, an alphabetical grid or wheel when used with a pendulum for whatever reason, it strikes me as okay. Now, again, that's just kind of a uh, weird differentiation that I've made in my brain space about it. And there are other people, you know, who may not have that problem and other people who both things, pendulum boards and Ouija boards, would be like a oh, hell no for them. And that's certainly understandable, right? Um, When you think about it, even people who play lottery and, and use systems of numerical patterns and buy little books that tell you your lottery numbers and your likely picks, Those are divination tools. You're trying to find out uh, uh, something in advance of it happening. So, excuse me. In a lot of ways, we all are kind of looking for that little edge to help us be successful. And I, you know, personally, want to connect with my guys and angels more clearly, and that's why divination tools have been of interest to me. Another uh, old world method of divination are dowsing rods, and I've seen those used as well. I've never had anyone read, but um, it is like a curved stick, and I've seen an actual twig stick, like a natural stick that has two sides splitting at the end, and and people who are um, kind of... uh, the hill people or the forest people or old world folks who, who've who lived in nature and, and uh, rem- I don't want to say remote places, but if you imagine like somewhere like uh, Kentucky hills, Georgia hills, folks who have been looking for water when they've been out uh, in the forest, you could use a dowsing rod to tell you where water is. And it's really, again, the sensitivity of the device that is then resonating with the frequency of where the water is underground. And uh, it's almost like Boy Scouts or Girl Scouts, people who learn to read nature, such as, like, where is the moss growing? A dowsing rod is a tool that would possibly be in their tool belt because they're going to want to be able to uh, not only find out what mushrooms aren't going to kill them, but also find out where the water is that's going to provide life for you. So... um, I'm trying to just make sure I'm covering a spectrum of of things because there really is any number of items that can be used. And it really comes to also a cultural perspective. So when you look at like a Ouija board or a pendulum board, one method that is very similar divination, you will find in some of the African practices such as um, working with the Orisha. Um, I've seen people with boards that have been carved and with beautiful ornate symbols, and it's not any kind of alphabet that, uh, or it's not an alphabet that's used in the traditional sense but the reader who created the board will understand from their guide how to interpret the numbers and letters that their hand is drawn to when they're moving or where the objects fall on the particular board. They will understand where to interpret that energy based on where it flows. And... I mean, they're beautiful handiworks, the one that I've seen that, you you know, that you know this person has spent a great deal of time polishing and crafting and making by hand this tool, which I think that's a common thing that if you, you know, if you are trying to connect directly with your spiritual team or spiritual guides, that is a very intimate Act an intimate walk because you're, you know, basically going straight up towards the heavenly dimensions and coming back down and communicating with your whole higher selves and angels all the way up and all the way back down with the spirits of ancestors in your family who are working with you. So um, I know a, a couple individuals who spent a great deal of time building and crafting, and it was almost like a rite of passage. Once they understood how to use them, then it became theirs, and um, it it will probably have no use when, when they pass on. It's not like you hand it down to someone else. And each divination board is very different, again, because it's customized by the person who's receiving instructions from their guides and angels on how to make it. Uh, Some of the other practices that seem to resonate in more indigenous cultures are things like throwing the stones, rolling the bones, throwing the shells. So it really, again, if you are in a Native American or indigenous uh, kind of energy, um, they would gather objects such as um, rocks, um, bones of animals, bird beaks and feathers Um, if you're near like an ocean uh, type environment then it would be various kinds of shells that you uh, what I've seen is they're placed into a bag and then in the bag it's jumbled around and you reach in and according to like a particular ritual or practice and you pull out the objects and either look in your hand or you throw those objects down now i had a gentleman who was a shaman um here in atlanta and he had on his table he had um all manners of petrified wood and uh geodes and crystals and bones and beaks and feathers and even a few small skulls like rat skulls or mice skulls or snake skulls and different objects I didn't know what they were and you know honestly I didn't necessarily want to pry too much into the who what why where because it wasn't necessarily the time or the opportunity for it but he um gave me instructions and said, okay, go ahead and pull such and such, but don't touch any of these two objects. Like he told me where was off limits. But the other stuff that was on his table, and it was based on where my interest and urge was to touch those objects, what drew my curiosity and attention, that in and of itself provided him knowledge of what message to give me, which was quite fascinating. I've had another person who was also a shaman who had diamonds. Um, I forget what the kind they're called. I think the word is Ehrlich diamonds or or something similar. I'll have to look it up to share it with you. But these little uh, diamonds are in different shapes, but when you cast them out, you pull a handful out, shake the bag, or he pulls the handful out and shakes it and throws it then where they land is what delivers the message. Um, I think I got a message in the chat room. This is it's or Diamonds is the correct word. Thank you, uh, listener, for sharing that information. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what, if you're wrong about something, somebody will let you know, which is good. <laughs> um, so... Um, Oh, as I was saying, so when I had that uh Herkimer, excuse me, I'm uh <laughs> I was pronouncing it wrong, Herkimer diamond. Um, and they're not actually diamonds, but double terminated quartz quish crystals of exceptional clarity. Okay, so that's good to know. So, um No wonder he had so many of them. And they say they are very powerful quartz crystals. So we're back to the whole uh, connection of quartz being a very good transmitter of energy. So um, when I received that reading, he was able to see past lives in that casting of those diamonds. And it, it, it was very interesting to me because, honestly, to me, they all look the same you know, but I guess it was which angle it was pointed to and which uh what it was pointing towards in terms of other groupings. Um and it was it's again, it's very fascinating when you see people use different divination tools because on the surface you're like, how did that even come out of what you're looking at cuz I'm not seeing anything, you know? But um It's quite fascinating, and he actually was very accurate about some of my present-day situations, and it felt very resonant with the past life information that he gave me as well. So, um, now, I did have a situation where I uh, threw the bones, and there were actual bones in there, which was a little weird to me, but the information that came back off that reading was, of course, not harmful or negative any kind of way. There was a tooth of something. I don't remember if it was a shark tooth or a bear tooth or something, but, you know, when you're rummaging around in the bag, you're not necessarily trying to focus in on what's this? Do I want to draw this one?
1: Um, You know, because I didn't
0: want to let my curiosity get the better of me, and then I wind up you know, I guess it's all kind of meant to be, but but it's still, um, but you just try to get in the bag and get out. Because, <laughs> you know, I've seen things where you'll, uh, on TV again, where they'll show a monkey claw uh, come out of the bag, you know, and then somebody will say, oh, no, a monkey claw. You know, I don't know that that's really a problem, and I'm assuming that it would be, whatever the person uh, has determined that that symbolically means when they receive it in the bag. But, of course, uh, a lot of people would never put their hand in a bag and shake it around and pull anything out, period, whether it was a bone, a stone, a shell, or otherwise. So, you know, again, this can be a step too far for most people. But when you look at some of the oldest practices that um, are happening, uh, especially when you get into uh, more primitive cultures, again, pulling stones out, and the wise woman of the village would uh, roll, roll, the, throw the bones, throw the stones, and diagnose illnesses in the body. Or they might cast onto the body itself, and where the the objects land lets them know um where the illness is and exactly what to pr- to prescribe for it in terms of whatever roots or medicines or nuts or berries um need to be to to be given to remedy it so it's quite such an interesting field when you're you're talking about um you know div- divination in general so this is the Vibrarian Show, and I'm Elder, the Vibrarian, and I'm just having a, a discussion about divination tools, um, modern and ancient of all spectrums. We have some callers who are listening in this evening. If you want to join the conversation, just press the one key, and I'll be glad to uh, you know, bring you on the line to ask a question or contribute to the conversation. Now, I do want to get to some of the divination tools that I am very comfortable using, which would be um, oracle cards. So um, actually, before I start with oracle cards, I do have a caller who is coming on this evening, and I wanted to speak with her about her um, pendulum practice and some other divinatory tools. Do I have Hadia on the line with me this evening? Hello? Hi, Hadia. How are you?
1: Hi. How are you?
0: I'm wonderful. I'm so glad you could join me on tonight's show. A little bit earlier, I was talking with people about pendulums as divinatory tools, and I was telling how you, you, your pendulum swings like and made a noise you know like you could hear the energy bouncing off the walls and this, through the speaker because your pendulum was just so you were, had such a flow and connection with your guides and angels and uh, you know I was speaking about pendulum boards and also their cousins Ouija boards so I don't know if you have anything that you would like to share about you know divination tools and pendulum practice and throwing stones and bones, those are all kind of things that I've already uh, touched on a little bit, but I welcome you to the conversation. Well, thank you, and um, I'm honored to
1: be, you know, uh, speaking with you on your show. Um, The, you know, first thing that people have to understand when it comes to um, any type of divination, whether they're using pendulums or um, some type of, Um, device of communication, whether they be tarot cards or what have you. I mean, honestly, all of it is the mode of communication, Um, you know, because we have to find a way to connect to our guides. And so um, a lot of times there's this big, you know, I don't know, it it feels so taboo sometimes in some communities when it comes to trying to um, speak with the spirit realm, but yet we're always praying that when they try to communicate back with us, you know, all of a sudden it's really spooky, you know, <laughs> but, um, but really it's just um, a more clear-cut way. It's just a m- more clear-cut way, and all of us are made out of energy, you know, our spirit mm-hmm. Um, is energy, we emit energy, you touch something, and next thing you know, you have an electrical shock because of the energy that you carry, you know, mm-hmm. so um, utilizing like the pendulum is really allowing your energy, um, your spirit energy to lead and guide you, and harnessing that energy and focusing on the pendulum and allowing um, your own spirit to lead and guide you. Sometimes you can um, ask that your angels um, guide you or your ancestors, however that may be. But all of it's a form of communication, um, whether you're utilizing crystals, you know, if you're using tarot cards, you know, it's just different languages, you know, different Mm -hmm. languages. And people connect with whatever language, you know, they're able to interpret best with, so.
0: Right. <clears throat> yes, and I talked a little bit about how, like, maybe in the hills of Appalachia you would be using a dowsing rod um, to do divination, or if you're in, like, a shamanistic uh, tradition or on a, near an ocean, you might be using, or an Afrocentric practice, you might be using shells and it's really in developing the language of understanding what the divination tool is speaking uniquely to you, um, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and I was talking also about like the uh, boards that people make that are so beautiful and handcrafted that it's really a conversation you have with your spirit guides that directs you to create this um I guess you would call it like almost like a key code or a, or access um item that mm-hmm. is divinely given downwards. It's not even you know that you start and it goes up, it's dropped down to you, and that's where your understanding of then how to say read the diamonds or read the position or understand what this particular letter placement if you if your hand is drawn to it, what it means.
1: Yeah. I mean, and the thing is, when you're receiving information, um, well, the first thing is that people trying to first get out of, before you even get to that point, because some people like even the whole concept of opening their self up to receive communication mm-hmm. is such a um, scary thought. You know, they're like, oh, mm-hmm. I don't know what's going to come through. I don't know if, you know, a demon is going to come, or I don't know if, you know, mm-hmm. some, some type of mm-hmm. negative entity, you know, so I, I don't even want to open that, you know. Mm-hmm. And the thing mm-hmm. is, is that you have to understand vibration. Light vibrates with light. Darkness vibrates with darkness. So, mm-hmm. and everything vibrates at a different um, wavelength. So some things vibrate extremely extremely fast, which is what light vibrates on, that which is good, that which is pure, you know, things where you are sincerely and honestly um, seeking the the celestial realms and divine um, connection. Those vibrate on an extremely high vibration. And so if that is your intention and you are sincerely trying to connect with you know, light energy, you're going to connect with light energy. If you Mm -hmm. are, you know, working in a place of negativity, you're working in a place where you're vibrating on a lower level on things, you know, that aren't so positive, and you're trying to open that portal, well, you are going to invite darkness. You are going to invite things that are not um, beneficial towards your highest good. You know, and so you really have to look at your heart set before you start talking about divination and opening yourself to spirit and the spirit realm. Look at your heart. Look at the sincerity and your intention, and if you're coming from a place of light or if you're coming from a place of dark, because that's what's going to connect with you.
0: I was thinking as you were talking about the statement, I always, you know, hate hearing it when I hear it from people like the NRA, but they say guns don't kill people, people kill ki- people. So, you know, <laughs> your tool, you know, itself mm-hmm. is not necessarily inherently bad. So like a Ouija board, do you, would you say that Ouija boards receive a bad rap or is there something inherently skewed negative in supposedly a Ouija board?
1: No, I don't think the board in and of itself is negative. Mm -hmm. It's just a communication tool. I have my own Mm -hmm. communication tools, you know, and I actually, you know, my communication tool, though it doesn't look exactly like a Ouija board, um, Mm -hmm. you know, it has alphabet and numbers on there. And I get very detailed, very specific information from my guides. You know, and it comes from a space of light, love, that which brings, you know, the highest good and highest purpose Mm -hmm. to come to pass. So it's not the tool in and of itself, but it's the Mm -hmm. energy that you invite.
0: And Mm -hmm. if
1: you're trying to invite that energy, uh, because nothing, nothing can come without your permission. You have to allow, you have to give permission. You have to open the door for that. And so if your heart space, even if you don't physically say I invite, if your heart space Mm -hmm. is coming from a negative, you know, standpoint or you're coming from a low vibration when you're trying to do spirit work, then you Mm -hmm. are going to invite negative energy into you and receive, you know, or do the bidding of whatever that negative energy, you know, harnesses. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so um, it's all about the intent of the person and what it is they're trying to accomplish but when you have you're know, you coming from a place like I said of light you're coming from a place of trying to heal you're coming from a place of trying to serve the highest good then the information that's coming through you're connecting to your Mm -hmm. side you're connecting to your angels you're connecting to to the ancestors who want to help you every ancestor doesn't want to help you let's just put it like that So make Mm -hmm. sure you're inviting the ancestors who want to help you and propel you to your highest bid. So Mm -hmm. with that said, understand every tool is only a method of communication, and whatever resonates with you is what you should go with. The Ouija board Mm -hmm. in and of itself is not a negative thing. It's what energy you allow to come through it. Now, personally, Mm -hmm. I believe, I have my own divination tools. I made my own divination tools. Um, mm-hmm. My divination tools um, are things that, a culmination of all my past lives, all the, all the uh, sorcery, any type of magic work, any type of healing work, any type of light work that I've done, all from my past lives are a culmination, and it's in my mm-hmm. divination tools that I use. And I prefer mm-hmm. to have you know, I prefer to create my own divination um, process mm-hmm. instead of follow, um, you know, something pre-made because mm-hmm. you don't always know the energy that someone puts into something because yeah. everybody transfers energy. So I know that if I make my own, then mm-hmm. everything that comes out of it is only my light energy and, and my uh, guides connect directly to you know, my own divination, and they talk to me. And, you know, even if you use tarot cards, you know, I'm Mm -hmm. not saying don't use other, you know, other things. I'm saying specifically for myself. But, like, with um, tarot cards, there's a basic understanding of what each card means, you know, but you have your own unique communication with your guides and with your angels and with your ancestors. So if you see something that doesn't necessarily correspond with that tarot card, but it means that to you when you see it in that card, then that's just what it means. You don't have to go exactly with what the card, you know, was designated for, you go with your own
0: communication style, because that's how they connect and communicate with you. You know, I've seen and received uh, readings. So Hadia is here in the Atlanta area, but she, uh, and has been on the Psychic Inside Show before as a special guest where we learn more about her story and to her gifts and abilities. And she also provides readings here locally and also uh, actually internationally by the phone and through video conferencing. But if you've ever attended one of the Vibrate Elevation Station events or other fairs where she is been reading, you might have seen be one of her divination tools, which is is quite beautiful and intricate to look at. I I don't know you know what's on it except for a lot of writing and beautiful colors like the rainbow. If ever there is something that's a wheel of fortune, I believe that you know it is a wheel of good fortune that, you know, you have created and I've seen many of the psychic readers who have gathered around you because they've been just really impressed and awestruck with what you have done in terms of crafting your tool, so uh, you know, people. If you ever get a chance to watch her in action, it is it is quite an awe-inspiring thing to have her, you know, read from there, you know. So, uh that's again it's very intimate, but you do sh- you're not allowing people to necessarily understand your system, but it is something that's visible uh, for people to see at a superficial level. You know, and I do know you have many tools, not just one, because when you're working in spiritual energy and healing and, and providing services for people, it's not one size fit all. You know. And so at different times it may call for a different tool in order to get the clearest messages to give to the person.
1: Right. Right. Definitely. Um, the divination tool that you are speaking of with the colors and the wheel is um, actually something that's divided up um, into chakra systems and understanding that every part of your body is connected to a chakra system every, um, and things that may be happening within your life are connected to a chakra system. Um, and so when you look at what may be going on with your life, what may be going on as far as elements in the body, and you're looking at the chakras, um, I have this particular wheel that I use, and then um, the I use certain stones and certain crystals which hold certain energies. And so, you mm-hmm. know, it's kind of like runes, and when you use the rooms, you know, you kind of just pick up out of a bag and kind of just throw them, and that's kind of what you do with these crystal stones and this board. And the stones will signify exactly what's going on and what part of your life, you know, what will be happening, what's going to happen, what has happened, what is to come. And I actually incorporate the stones um, and crisp along with shells because, you know, the shells help me to signify, okay, is it male or is it female? Um, is a person coming in, going out? You know, these, you know it kind of gives me a little bit more detail in the people. Um, but then also I combine those things with, you know, clairvoyance, audience, you know, claircognizance, mm-hmm, whatever mm-hmm. may come through, you know, beyond the five senses, you know, I kind of combine that intuitive sense and then um, am able to do a more thorough reading for that person, um, and so that's kind of like how that flows with the board. But yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, even in the healing work, I you know I utilize pendulums to locate, kind of almost like a you know when you're dowsing to locate exactly you know where the element is and what it's looking like, and um, and then when it pinpoints that area, you know, I I also use, you know, kind of like medical intuitiveness, and I'm not mm-hmm. a doctor, you know, but I can locate and see what's going on in the body and say, okay, well, I see this, I see that, you know, and then utilize different mechanisms and tools for healing work, you know, incorporated mm-hmm. with Reiki and energy medicine and things like that.
0: I've seen a lot of Reiki practitioners who, after they've uh, done their work, they will chakra test with a pendulum. And then if something, you know, they go by their initial physical sense in their hands and energy of what might be going on. But then at the end they'll go ahead and test and see if they were able to open you up or if there's still some more blockages or overstimulating. And that, that pendulum will just get to whirling, whirling around or it'll, Stop dead. I've seen it, you know, (laughs) uh, as a person tests along the body meridians and stuff. So it it is quite interesting what it can be discerned once you start looking and understanding the language of it. And that's really what divination is, is understanding the language of the device, the communication device that you're using. So, you know,
1: the interesting thing, Oh, say it again. Oh, no, I was going to say the interesting thing that I felt when it comes to um, divination is that people actually have their own communication and divination style, whether they consider it divination or not, you know, because they're always looking for a sign, you know, they Mm -hmm. pray for something or they hope for something like, oh, my gosh, you know, God, just send me a sign, send me a sign, and something falls. And it's like, Mm -hmm. that's their sign. That's their answer. That's a divination. Mm -hmm.
0: That
1: is a divination
0: it's, tool. hmm. hmm. Yeah, people. It, people will also call them superstitions, you know, rather than uh, divination. Heavy superstitions earlier. That- <laughs> You're right. It's just people's understanding of it, whether it's seen as a uh, with a little kind of air of fear and misunderstanding versus that's my hunch, my gut hunch, my gut feeling, or that's, that's the sign I was waiting for. And I think that we're mm-hmm. moving out of some of the negativity that a lot of this stuff uh, was received with um, as more education is coming out and we're starting to see that things aren't as dark and shrouded as we once thought they were. You right. mentioned about even tarot cards and oracle cards, and I was just getting ready to touch on that when you came in that um for a long time, I did not know what tarot cards were, and I thought they were one of those witchy quote unquote things again, alongside Ouija boards and other things that were now what popular does it get such a bad rap. I uh, no. know
1: because really, you know the whole thing. You know, they they get this horrible horrible rap, and you know all witches like you have. They associate it with the devil and and, and Satanism and stuff like that. But you have those who practice Wicca. You know, mm-hmm. and practicing Wicca um, really are people who just know how to work with the elements and they're alchemy. Yeah, They, they right. know how to use alchemy. And they, you know, and through Wicca, Wicca teaches alchemy and learning how to work with elements. And so, mm-hmm. you know, but people have, you know, it, it's just been so, um, you know, demified because of oh, the yeah. past history, you know, and I just wanted to also take the stigma out of, like, you know, witchy, witchy. Because it, yes. it, not every witch, like, you know, serves Satan or whatever it is that you may want to believe concerning, you know, those dark energies. You have a lot of Wicca who actually, you know are light body energies and who mm-hmm. serve, you know, towards the greater good of humanity, but they're looked down upon because they practice Wicca. And, you know, I don't think that, you know, there, there's just so many stigmas put on the whole, you know, divination and, and anything mm-hmm. that is outside of, you know, your five senses.
0: You know. but, Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's another thing that I think that we're in a time when, like twenty-five years ago, when somebody would have said witch, I would have had a totally different reaction than to what I do today. And I think that actually it winds up being it was a way of suppressing the divine feminine because it's generally ninety mm-hmm. percent of the time been used to persecute the women who had the herb lore who had the medicine craft who had the earth craft especially if you're over in Europe and you're talking about your uh celtic and Druid, druidic practices and those things that predate the modern christian uh, concepts that had to be squashed out in order for Christianity to become a political uh, co- political mindset. And also you yeah. find amongst indigenous practices such as Africa and Native Americans, well, they'll say, oh, that's the witch doctor. And you always see in movies these terrible depictions of fearful-looking uh, people in these extreme get-ups that they overemphasize the sinister look and of course we have Mm -hmm. to look at the source and the source is in order to squash the power as a threat to the system so it Mm washes all things that represent that and at its most fundamental level our direct connection to our higher source our higher selves our angels and our guides is the most threatening thing to the power right. to be, you know, because we're all told to externalize our power and those things are okay. But those things that give us internal vision and insight are not okay and are scared. And I'm always discovering like fear triggers in myself To this day, you know, and I expect I will continue throughout my lifetime still find fear triggers embedded in me through my lifetime of religious instruction and especially American media consumption, you know, because horror movies and negative, sinister things are constantly pushed out as ideas. And they keep people away from stuff that really can be beneficial to them because of that fear factor. Now, one thing I I do know, now, oracle cards and tarot cards are another. I find oracle cards very helpful, especially if you're not necessarily interested in learning a system of symbols, numbers, and energies like tarot, uh, because each oracle card now, I mean, there are hundreds and hundreds of beautiful decks that are created by artists who who receive uh, images and messages, and they include their own guidebook. So you can, you know, and most of them are only 40 to 50 cards. So I always advise people around me, go get you an oracle deck just to start because you you know you'll get messages so much clearer than um, and then eventually it will kick up your own intuition, but to read the little guidebook that comes with it. But then you will depart from that guidebook as your angels and guides start to work with you through those communication tools. And a typical oracle deck is only maybe fifteen to twenty dollars and you can get ones with the images that speak to you specifically. If you like mermaids, get you, a, you can get a mermaid oracle deck. If you like, uh, I mean, they make them for everything now. You like cats, you can get a cat oracle deck or a butterfly oracle deck and begin to use them. But I will say, you mentioned earlier about the tension of something. Uh, one of my BFFs ordered a deck very recently, And it was beautiful art. We were both very curious about it, got to looking at it. But then when she read the artist, uh, they had an incantation that they wanted you to say to bond with the deck and to set the energy of the deck when you first start using it. Most of the Oracle uh, artists and, and authors will do that, something very similar. But in this one, there was some language that troubled her. And so she did not wind up using it, but she felt like the creator of the Oracle deck in this little incantation was actually going to then be siphoning off energy unbeknownst to the card user. And it was not anything that either of us had ever encountered in in the typical mass market decks that um, we've been purchasing and sharing and looking at over the years. This was a very much more limited type of artist representation that only had maybe a certain number of decks available or printed on demand. But um, I think she wound up getting to look out on different message boards. And other people were saying, hey, wait a second you know, they saw the little kind of almost if you want to say a spell or uh, energy siphon as well. And so that, you know, was kind of a red flag. She still uh, then did her own intention setting with the deck, but it, you know, kind of put a hesitation on then just accepting it as this beautiful tool. It's like, well, now I need to clear because the artist in creating it might have had an alternative motive that was not Love and Light that I didn't realize. And so even though I want to use Mm -hmm. the tool for Love and Light, I need to clear that. Have you ever found anything like that in, in your looking at tools and purchasing tools, or is that why you just make your own mostly? Um. Well, the oracle cards that
1: I've used um, mostly connect with the celestial realm, except the tarot cards that I have. Um, I do have like a general uh, tarot card, the universal weight one. But um, the ones that I have um, more so are connected with the heavenly realms so i haven't run across that but i know that like i said earlier you definitely have to watch the energy of people and who makes what you know understand who the author is understand who the creator of something is before you just you know get it because you do need to understand and know their energy um now for but i would suggest you know let's say you have some beginners who you know they're new into the whole divination thing and, you know, they're not ready for like tarot cards and I, you know, even Oracle cards may much, you know, it's, it's not, they're not fully aware of how to tune mm-hmm. into their energy. Um, mm-hmm. And like I said, I don't have, you know, I'm, I'm not connected with them or anything, but I, I, I do like a set of cards for beginners Called Trust, mm-hmm. your vibes, oh, yeah. Trust Your Vibes, V.I.B.E.S. Trust Your Vibes. I mm-hmm. like those for um, those who want to start learning, you know, how to tune into their own energy. Because and, and Trust Your Vibes has, um, I you know, more than one type of deck, and I think mm-hmm. they have maybe some workbooks or something like that. I think um, if I remember correctly, but um, mm-hmm. I know that a couple people. Um, who I've suggested it to, they have really been able to harness, you know, and and learn how to tap into their own energy um, going through that. Mm -hmm. And then it led them to being able to, you know, select the right cards when they go into other type of, you know, divination or – but I think, yeah, the cards are the easiest way, you know, to start Mm – a divination practice before you start going into shells or stones or any other type of divination. Right. I think the oracle cards um, first, you know, maybe, like, trust your vibes and then graduate into oracle cards. And if you want to go further into, you know, other things, you can do that. Terror cards mm-hmm. are um, a lot more cryptic, <laughs> you know, yes. um, you and needing to truly understand, like, you know, the spreads and what things you know mean yeah. now you can create your own spreads you know, and what it means for you, um, but just starting out you know simple, and like I said, mm-hmm. and, and let's say you know some people they're not ready to invest into any type of cards, then like create your own divination, you know maybe you just have something where you know you may create you know your own cards for yourself, you know, and just start practicing and learning, you know, mm. what, it, what are you drawn to the most, you know, what draws you the most, you know, you know write, write some things out, you know, put some things on index cards and, and, you know, write what that particular index card will symbolize, put your own picture, put your own meaning, and then ask mm-hmm. yourself questions and turn those cards over, mix them up, and then see whatever you're actually drawn to you know, and, and mm-hmm. work out, and you can do it as simple as that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, divination is, you know, you can create your own divination, get, get, a, get a rock, get a stick, get a penny, and, you know, <laughs> they mean some, whatever, it, whatever it means for you, and then you could put it out, and if it means this for you, then that's what's going to come out, because your guides Know exactly what you're looking mm-hmm. for, and they know that you know the stick. If it's turned, you know to the left, that means yes or no. And if the penny is right side up, your guides know that. They've right. connected to you, so you can create your own divination. You know, you don't have to go with what, Yeah. Yeah. You can and it's just like go you can learn that route.
0: French. You can learn French, or you can learn your own, you know, little language. You can go as hard as you want, or as simple as, as possible to facilitate that's the, thing the, the conversation. To trust what you receive
1: trust. Mm-hmm. What you receive, learn how to trust the information that you are receiving. And if you know you make a mistake on understanding, it's okay. Now you understand that when it happens that way, that's not what it means. It means this. And Mm -hmm. then you begin to fine-tune the communication between you and your guides. Mm -hmm. It's only through mistakes that you know how to fine-tune and say, oh, I mistook that as that, but this is what my guides really meant. You know, so now I know Mm -hmm. when it happens that this is what this is. So allow yourself Mm -hmm. to make mistakes. You know, don't get frustrated. Keep practicing. You're you're only going to get good by practicing your skills.
0: Absolutely. And I've, heard, you know, if you keep a journal, like when you sat down, what was your question? And then what did you receive? And then over time, you can refer back because a lot of times we'll think we're going to remember things, but mm-hmm. we won't. And then it may be that later after your divination session is over, something will pop into your awareness that you'll be like, you know what? Okay, this this really means more. It goes a little deep. The deepening of your definition of it will come through when you're kind of not thinking, trying to what is this? You know, once you relax into it, it could be later and you're taking your shower and you're like, oh, the penguins. That's Mr. Popper's penguin. You know, I'm supposed to pop over to So and So's house. You know, and it could be really. Right, silly. To you know what's who interesting? It.
1: Exactly, exactly. Because you now here's the funny thing, is that a lot of times we're thinking, like sometimes spirit realm is not considering time frame. Let 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 us just put it like that. You know, we think so linear. We think time, time, timing. You know, months, days, weeks. And and to a degree, you know. We time truly doesn't exist. That's why you can go backwards and time forward, you know, with the clock, you set it forward, you set it back. Because time is not real, you know, not in that sense. Mm-hmm. It's not a concrete thing, you know. And spirit doesn't see it as anything concrete per se. So, you know, like when they give information, I received information three years ago. And I was like, what does that mean? I'm only just now making sense of the information that I got three years ago it's like Mm -hmm. oh you guys told me three years ago about this what you said back then now it connects I mean it kind of connected back then because I was dealing with Mm -hmm. the situation but you weren't talking about me in that situation you was talking about me in a similar situation but three years later so stop Focusing on that because that's not what I (laughs) need to focus on because in three years, but I didn't, but I got the timing of it. You know what I'm saying? It was like I was Mm -hmm. missing the timing. And so the information comes through. So it's like really understanding okay, uh, what are you saying, you know, and then also probably needing to know, is this applicable now? Do I, do I apply this to me in a way where, you know, how do I use this information? Because you're giving it to me and you're telling me, but now how do I apply it? What do you want me to do with it? Because mm-hmm. then you mm-hmm. can understand, okay, well, that means, you know, wait. You know, but the information you said says go. Yeah, go, but in three years, <laughs> you know.
0: Right, right. When they say, like, the trick in asking questions to the spiritual realm, I always see do, do not say when because when is a linear concept because in the spirit realm, they are not linear as 360 degrees in all directions. Whereas we, when we think when, we're like starting from this moment. How many seconds, minutes, days, hours? When is my soulmate coming? When will this happen? When, you know. And uh, any ethical reader that I've seen will always say, you know, time is not something that is set in stone because we always have free will and choices, but, mm-hmm. you know, anywhere from four to six months or in the next year, you know, is the most I've seen people do. They they won't say the that, it's coming tomorrow. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah. The way that my guides usually kind of give me a, time frame per se they don't say in exactly one week or in exactly one day they don't they don't do that what they do is they utilize and it's and i think it's just because of my connection with astrology um but they utilize astrology so they'll say okay in the time of the next full moon or, they, or they'll say, you know, the eclipse, or they'll say, you know, so I kind of have a gauge in that, you know, or they'll mm-hmm. say, okay, Saturn, when Saturn meets Jupiter, you know, so it's like that's their frame of reference for me. And mm-hmm. like I think that, so um, they, and I, I don't think that all, you know, spirit elements, like, you know, the way that ancestors may experience time and be able to convey time may be different from how angelic realm, you know, or the mm-hmm. angels that you deal with, because all angels are not the same, you know. Mm-hmm. So different angelic realms may, you know, communicate time in a different way versus, you know, uh, ascended masters versus any other kind of celestial beings or whoever's trying to help you in another realm. You know, they're mm-hmm. going to refer to time in a different way than what we actually may be familiar with. So, you know, when we're doing our own divination, you know, we, we're going to have to be um, flexible. Maybe we're going to have to understand, um, you know, how they're interpreting time, you know, because they all interpret time in, in their own way.
0: Mm-hmm. So as I said, it's a very intimate. You know, spirit is the. It's more intimate than sex. You know, most people think that that's the most uh, intimate thing that can happen, but really, your connection on up through the higher realms is. It is absolutely like the most sacred and unique to you. It is absolutely as different as you are from your fingerprints on each thumb being different mm-hmm. and that you cannot judge then another person's spiritual connect, Excuse me, connection, self, any of that. And um, that's why I'm always fascinated to see what people are doing when they're accessing spirit. Are you using a wooden board that's got fired letters on it? Are you using a a wheel that's got chakra colors in it? Are you throwing diamonds? Are you pulling bones out of a bag? Are you just, um, and, you know, I'm talking about divination through tools, not just through Mm -hmm. connection to spirit. right, right, right. Is there anything that you've ever seen somebody use that just, like, utterly fascinated you?
1: I mean... I think, like, all methods of divination fascinate me. <laughs> I have to be honest. All methods of divination fascinate me. But it, And the interesting thing is whatever method of divination, whether it's, you know, utilizing, you know, chicken feet and bones or shells or if it's utilizing, you know, a... Um, uh, uh, something called the opan, um, which is through ifa or utilizing, um, you know, smoke. Some people just literally, they utilize how smoke Mm -hmm. flows. Um, Mm -hmm. it, it all fascinates me. It all fascinates me. Um, but Maybe one of the divination tools that I find the most fascinating, it's not as, um, it's not as uh, 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 in death, let's say, as you, utilizing like, like chicken feet or, or bones or <laughs> things like that. It, it's, it's the ones with the coffee grounds, you know, and it's like, yes utilizing the coffee grounds and looking in the coffee grounds and seeing the whole picture with the coffee grounds. I'm like,
0: that's freaking amazing. Like, <laughs> Yes. I talked about that at the beginning with the uh, coffee grounds and tea leaves, you know, um, <laughs> yeah. now the one coffee ground reading that I had, it didn't, it was, she said it wasn't right because it didn't have time enough to steep the liquid off. Because we were at a mm-hmm. fair and it was like 20 minutes rush. And and so she basically was just like, you know, I, I, it's not a good reading. And I could see she was fumbling around. she's like, you'll have to come back another time. But um, I've heard that this particular person is actually very, very accurate. And I don't know because it just looks like sludge to me, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but I know for people who know how to do it, uh you know, some people just know how to do it because of like almost like an ancestral knowledge. It's like,
1: mm-hmm. like, well, I don't know yeah. how to it's tell you how down. I
0: knew. You know, I don't mm-hmm. know how I knew what the coffee grounds read, but they started speaking to me. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah.
1: So the the coffee ground readings, those, those I, I, I don't know. I'm just always fascinated by those. You know.
0: <laughs> well, and it's kind of like. um what I find is that when I see something, if it if it piques my curiosity, then I want to know how it works, kind of like a Rubik's Cube. Now, I may not be able to solve the Rubik's Cube, and I'm going to put it down, but I want to play with it a little bit and see. So, like, you mm-hmm. know, I started with Oracle, and then at some point I was like, you know what, tarot is fascinating from just a, a, a knowledge standpoint when you look at it. And then, uh, you know, so Lenormand cards, which is another uh, cardomancy or method of looking at stuff. Lenormand cards, they're interesting to me, but when I look at the complexity of the actual cards and the way that Lenormand is framed, it's just too much for me right now to add just for my own personal edification. Right now I'm mostly dealing with tools that I can use not tools, just, it's like going to school just for extra credit, (laughs) and it's a pretty (laughs) intense subject now. You you read the Norman, one of your oldest decks, I think, is the Norman, isn't it? Yeah,
1: like, my very first, like, I didn't know anything about all these other oracle decks. All I knew was, like, the Norman and tarot was the only thing I knew. I didn't know there was easier decks to learn from, so I just jumped right in, (laughs) But mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. so the Lenormand though those were so much for me. They were a lot easier at first than um, the tarot cards. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: But, um, like, what 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 are the other ones called? Oh shoot, um, I cannot think of them. That they're similar to Lenormand cards. But I kind of find that it's a lot more um, forward in the information. You know, it's like, okay, you know, a man, a woman, you know, dog is loyalty, you know, but then you have a coffin, so it's like the end of loyalty, you know. So it's like mm-hmm. a lot more straightforward with Lenormand. So I really did like that a lot. Um, and so, yeah, I, I still have my very first deck of Lenormand cards, and they look like they were my first deck. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, but they're, they're you know, my favorite. I, a, I could tell they were well worn and well loved. Uh, now, you know, I have a friend who, uh, my uh, my my friend that is into divination as well, um, is has a deck that's Italian called the Vera Sibilla, and it is complex like the Lenormand in that each card, it changes its absolute definition by each other card that it comes with. So if there's like 30-something cards in a Villa Sibilla, I'm not sure if that's correct, then it would be 36 times, three times, whatever the permutations, the combinations. And that just like with Lenormand, when you do like a full Lenormand spread, it really is like a, a diagonal according to the system. Like you said, after right. you learn the yeah. system, you kind of learn be, your own spreads, but mm-hmm. it can be very yeah, complex and layered, it you know.
1: It, it definitely but, can. It definitely can. But, you know, it anything anything that you do, it doesn't matter what the divination is, there still needs to be a level of intu- self-intuitive guidance mm-hmm. So you have to tap into your intuition and, you know, tapping into your intuition and understanding what it means to you, what's the first thing that you get out of it? You know, what Mm -hmm. is, before you start to analyze what you just received and break it all down, the first, your first gut, what did it say to you as soon as you looked Mm -hmm. at it? Because more than likely, that's exactly what it meant. Right.
0: Right. You know, And that's one reason why I like the Oracle cards, because when I started using them, I would just burst out laughing because when a card would flip over, I wouldn't even turn to the book. I would be like, oh, my gosh, that's like my favorite flower, And then you realize, well, yeah, they're giving you that card because they know it's your favorite flower. Or you'd be like, oh, I love unicorns. And it's like, oh, look at that unicorn. And you don't even pay attention to the book meaning because it's already triggered something for you. And it's supposed to do that. And once exactly. your guys and angels are aware that you are understanding them, you'll start seeing uh, on the side of every truck you pass on the freeway, if penguins is your symbol and they're like, you know what, I just got, my angels just told me such and such because Mr. Popper's penguins came up and blah, 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 you will see penguins everywhere. Like, and I always smile now, because I'm like, Oh well, there's thank you, you all are around me. you know, I'm appreciating the encouragement in this moment, you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. um, um, and it will be again, that's like secret language, and a reader cannot tell you well, because that's separate from what an external reader is supposed to give you. there's that extra layer of your own then, you know, like if a card comes out now and I'm receiving a reading, I receive what the person is being given to me. But if there is an extra layer of conversation, it's almost like them whispering in my ear personally. It's just for me that I understand mm-hmm. the extra meaning uh, that has been given in that moment. <laughs> you know, it's it's really quite beautiful. And the more you do it, then the more you trust and stop doubting and start to dwell in kind of like the miraculous state of, wow, my angels and guys really talk to me every day. (laughs) You know, for some people that's a big leap because they think it is something that's way more remote than what it actually is.
1: And, you know, so the whole divination thing, like –
0: you can use
1: anything if you don't have cards you know use anything because the divination is just a form of communication, and so you know you can you can turn anything into to a divination tool honestly mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. depending on whatever communication style you and your guides have you know you just fine-tune it, continue to work with whatever you have available, whatever it needs to mean for you, and, you know, put it out, you know, do whatever you need to do to get the answers, you know, and, and let that be your divination tool, you know, uh, whether you create your own cards, whether, you know, you utilize pennies and, and and buttons or whatever it is that you want to do. You know that because reminded me. I didn't. Anything.
0: Yeah. It reminded me that I w- wanted to share. I recently bought a, a, a kit called a Boyer Charming Oracle, and it's this artist, uh, Miss Boyer, who has put together these kits. But anyone can do it. But you literally, she picks out charms, like little, not like that. You you can go to Michaels or Hobby Lobby. And the little mm-hmm. charms to slide on, little, you know, in miniature houses, mm-hmm. all number of stuff. And so she puts together these kits of 30 or 40 charms that you literally could go for pennies and buy your own, you know, a purse means watch my money, a shoe means get to traveling, a wheel means take charge, and you can that's super affordable, and it's kind of fun. For people who are crafty and hobbyists, you know, put together your little. You just uh, have to couch. remember
1: what it means. Write it down. <laughs> just remember what each is, what you are saying that each one means. <laughs> yes,
0: and but, also yeah, the, the trust your I love that. the the trust your vibes oracle is by Sonia Choquet. C H O Q U E T T E, and she also has um, a deck called uh, the Trust Your Vibes. And then the answer is simple. And I have actually gifted friends with each of these decks at different points in time because they are so beautiful and so easy to use. I'm looking right now at Amazon, and the Trust Your Vibes deck is twelve dollars. So that's another low economic barrier for you to get a tool that you can really use on a daily basis. Now, um, we're coming to the end of the show, and Hadia, would you share with our listeners if they want to contact you? I know that you teach classes on, you know, developing your intuition and psychic abilities and also on divination and any number of other healing subjects, and you also provide services such as readings and consultations and guidance. How can our listeners get in touch with you? I... They can,
1: uh, right now, because I'm going to be in the process of um, changing uh, my phone lines, so really right now the best way to get in touch with me until I um, formalize some other things is to reach me on Facebook under Hadea Talks, H as in Henry, A-D as in David, I-Y-A-H, Hadia Talks. I'm on Facebook, and they can just go to my page and um, send me a message, and I'll get uh, in touch with them. And we can talk about classes. Right now I'm trying to formalize um, teaching, like, basic astrology classes. Um, And I have, like, finished up with a series of... um, Psychic development classes And I'm going to see if I'm going to dedicate You know, more time to doing More psychic development classes But uh, right now my focus Is on astrology uh, Basics And then uh, again, yes, I do readings I do spiritual healings Chakra cleansings um, uh, Reiki Energy medicine So yeah, people can definitely get in touch with me On Facebook
0: well, I appreciate you calling in, and um, I definitely will provide links to your ser- your paid services in the publication notes for this video as well as on the Facebook page. Um, make sure that you all check out the Viber YouTube channel. That's uh, V-I-B-E-R-A-R-Y. And there you'll find a collection of all of the radio shows that have been uh, broadcast so far on the Vibray Radio Network. Uh, Hadiyah's story on the psychic inside is there, as well as several other uh, weeks' worth of of stories. And then um, we've also got previous episodes of this show where we've talked about everything from astral projection to um, dreams, dream symbolism, and now divination, So I just invite you to connect with us. So be back next Thursday at 9 o'clock for another show where we'll talk about something. I believe next week we're going to be talking about the Akashic Records. And on Tuesday I will be joined on the Psychic Inside show by Emily Harrison, who is the founder of the Akashic Academy. And she's going to share her life story. And then on Thursday we're going to go deep into the Akash and about what it Really all about, and what kind of information can come through to you about your kind of personal record of beingness. And so, I definitely invite you to come back next week. This has been the Vibrarian Show, and I've been joined tonight by Hadia of Hadia Talks. Hadia, thank you so much for calling in. And I wish that all of you listeners have the most wonderful week and you have all the blessings that you can possibly contain in your life and all love manifests for you. Namaste.